0: Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org and stay motivated leaders, stay motivated. Hello, everyone. I am Corey Andrew Powell, and I am very thrilled today to be joined by Darlene Santor. That's not Santore. People always put that E on there, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But she's better known as Coach Dar, a licensed board-certified occupational therapist and former Phoenix Suns mental skills coach, plus a leadership and mental edge coach to professional athletes, CEOs, and business leaders around the world. She's got a new highly anticipated first book out now called The Art of Bouncing Back, Find Your Flow thrive at work and in life anytime you're off your game coach Dar welcome to motivational mondays
1: thank you so much the name alone motivates me i
0: love it <laughs> yeah i mean we want make sure, we want people to know like immediately when you come to this podcast that you're going to be getting something that can last you not just on monday but every day of the week so thank you we appreciate that but back to you though you have an amazing story and as i mentioned your new book is out and of course it's to me, clear that you are walking the walk, which is what makes you an authority, <laughs> an authority on telling people that they can get beyond adversity and hardships. A little bit of background, I believe for you is that you suffered a stroke at twenty or in your yeah, twenties. Yeah,
1: twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five.
0: Now, was that part of a pre-existing situation or did you just out of nowhere have this happen?
1: One of those really just freak things that happen. I had gone to see a chiropractor. And when I, they manipulated my neck, they ripped the vertebral artery to my brain. And I did not know that I was bleeding at the time in the brain until probably wasn't until days after. And the irony of this is I was an occupational therapist on a stroke and brain injury unit treating patients. And then I went through having a stroke myself. I thought, "Whoa, how is this happening? But, you know, and I wish I could say, too that was the only one but i've had 3 total and so i've really had to bounce back from a lot of things
0: three strokes and that one being when you're 25 and also the irony of going of it being done from a healthcare provider which is even more like i don't want to bash you know chiropractic but i have i've heard over my life <laughs> people say yes be careful going to chiropractors and you are a living example of why
1: it's just you know like anything you can go for a surgery you could go, there's just things that are there's a risk and it's a small percent I just happen to be one of the small percent
0: Wow my goodness well yeah well that is definitely um, seemingly a fluke but yeah. I'm happy that you're thriving and doing well today me too. Yes. Yes. And so, of course, as I mentioned, that makes you definitely an authority on people not getting stuck and moving beyond adversity. So tell me about the book and and what you hope people gain from it.
1: The book is really, you know, someone just asked me recently, how did you come to the book? And I said, really, the book came to me because in essence, the book, I was going to talk about awakening greatness. You know, I coach and help professional athletes and leaders around the world and I help them step into their greatness. But what really is I help them bounce back often. But what happened was when someone approached me and they said, what is your formula? How do you, how did you do it? And how do you help others? And I thought, I just naturally know what to do. And they said, no, no, no. Everyone that works with you, there is a clear bounce back. And so when I sat and put it down on paper, it was the strategy I've been using and cultivating and creating mm-hmm. over the years. And then that's what I put in the book. Because I wanted people to have the tools on how to build mental resiliency how to bounce back, how to build emotional fortitude. So if you're in hard times, this is going to help you bounce back faster. And if you're not, because we know that life's coming with some challenges, mm-hmm. it's yeah. going to give you the emotional foundation and mental fitness and fortitude to know what to do when things hit. And just how to build a stronger foundation. You know, we could go get our MBA. We could learn a language. We could learn how to golf. We could learn a hobby. But who's teaching us? how to build this mental fitness, this mental fortitude. I want people to be equipped now so they're ready when it comes. Or if they're in it, this is going to get you out of it faster.
0: Yeah. Wow. No life coping skills. You know, that's just, um, to your point. Yeah. We kind of teach kids a lot of stuff. Yes. We teach things a lot and then we go, oops, we forgot maybe to teach them that life is going to not always be pleasant. And that's why I think in a way I have a little pushback against this whole, like everybody gets a trophy culture. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Not because it's not how life, it's not true. I mean, you know, that's a false, uh, sense of security for children to believe they get a pat on the head for showing up. You don't in no. real life. No. And you know,
1: what, you can't build grit. You know, cultivating grit is one of the challenges. You can't build grit if everything is always handed to you, if you mm-hmm. never face adversity, if you never have a challenge. So, and what makes good to great? not so much being the smartest. It's the person, honestly, that has the mental resiliency and the fortitude to keep going, mm. staying consistent, staying disciplined at their craft. But that comes with staying gritty because you're going to have to endure hard times. If yeah, everyone yeah. is always removing the boulder out of your way, how do you know how to get stronger?
0: Mm-hmm. And then even in that same vein, uh, not to be literal with the whole trophy thing, but <laughs> I have a good friend who's a um a fitness guru and martial artist. And he's got these two lovely daughters and he was talking about wanting to uh, teach them self-defense Okay. because he goes to a gym where there are kids doing self-defense. And so the kids are doing like karate or whatever they're doing. And the parents began to complain because the kids were needed to have more mats when they crashed on the, you know, which, you know, they maybe, maybe, but there was a point where they kept saying they need more mats they need more mats. And he's like, at, there was a point where the kid was like on like five feet mattresses. And he was like, part of this training is a kid have to know how to also have an impact to the body to fall, to get hit. This is not going to do them any good in the real world if we put like a, a 50 foot inch crash mat under their mother. <laughs> you know? So it was a very similar thing. Like we can almost over protect in a way, our society.
1: And if you look at An eagle, it pushes the baby eagle out of the nest. Like, go fly now. You need to figure this out. There's no cushion underneath that eagle. There's no comfort. It's like you're going to fly and you're going to soar and you're going to do it on your own. And it's by doing, it's by getting out there. So we cannot cushion everything because then you'll never really soar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And in that same association, I know you talk about the idea of setbacks being a positive. And Or they can be used as a positive. And in my time here doing this podcast, going on two years now, I have seen these common denominators with successful people, and I always see that there's these reoccurring things. And that is one of the most reoccurring themes that I find, which is people needing to understand that those setbacks, those mistakes, those things that you thought were so detrimental are the things that are going to prepare you for that resilience, right? So speak to that a little bit.
1: First of all, I completely apologize. There is a, a leaf blower outside <laughs> that I have no control over. So I apologize if there's... A,
0: no. no, no worries. No worries. I can't that's change okay. it. but me, as long as we can hear you, yeah. we can hear you. And so here's
1: so the thing. Fine. This is just an example of you've got to stay agile in all situations. Things will not be perfect. so <laughs> Right, yeah. right. But perfect example. Adversity advances you. You know, it really does. So you have to go through things. Adversity is the thing that's going to cultivate you to go forward and your life. All of the greats had something that they had to overcome. And I look at it this way. I love 30 for 30s. They're the best mm. stories on ESPN of people that have had to overcome something. The greats, the best of the best are people that had to endure some sort of suffering, tragedy, mm-hmm. problem, challenge. So resiliency is probably, you cannot build it unless you are put under pressure. So when you start seeing that pressure is a privilege that adversity advances you and that the struggles will strengthen you. That shift in perspective makes you when things happen, no, you're not going to love it, but you're going to go, Oh, this is growing me.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like the player
1: at the game. Who's like, give me that buzzer beater shot. Like I want it to take it. If I miss it, it's on me, but I'm going to, I'm going to try because they put themselves enough times in a situation where by failing enough times they succeed. Because they don't look at it as failure as failure. They look at it as a lesson. So it's really all of this and resiliency and grit and mental fortitude is testing yourself in these situations so that when it comes, you know how to handle it.
0: Yes. And then, you you know, you want to also be able to say you made an attempt, you tried something, right? Because the alternative is like, well, I don't want to do that because I'm afraid of fear is a big factor that stops people. Yes. Yeah. And if you would just give it a shot and make, You know, you may fail, you may not make it, but I would rather have tried than not. Yes. There's an
1: expression. You should want to say, I'm so glad I did rather than I wished I had.
0: Hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, and people who are watching and listening, think about this like I do. I literally go into situations now and I think of that. I think of myself as a little old man, hopefully still with all this hair, hopefully. Yes, because it looks good. (laughs) <laughs> thank you little old man with a big afro mm-hmm. and i'm going to be like saying to myself uh, i wish i had done xyz and i don't want that no. i don't want to be that little old man no. having that those thoughts because that must because we cannot get this time back
1: no god listen i just lost, lost my mom and my dad who i love so much but i gave both of their eulogies and i said to everyone You realize someone's going to be telling back your story, make it a good one and make it one that it's full of adventure and stories and experiences because that's the fullness of life and how you left people better than you found them, that you tried this because if you do nothing, sit in your house, never push yourself out of your comfort zone, you will not have gotten the fullness of life that was in front of you, the gift that was in front of you. So do it now. And we all have this fear of what other people think, Corey. And it's like, who are they, by the way? They. Most of them. (laughs) I mean, they.
0: They have been around for so long, these they.
1: I mean, and you know, (laughs) I just said this on a speech. I said, it was to a university. I said, you're all waiting for they who have a blue check, by the way, to be like, oh, they like me. They approved of me. I was like, what? Like, they don't even know you. And you are striving all day for the people that don't even know you when you're not even paying attention to the people right in front of you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that is so funny. Be
1: careful that you don't hold up your life for the days of the world that you will never even see. And honestly, that would never walk a day in your shoes. So get up and do the best you can with the gifts you have and have fun. Get back up. Try again. Life is like a painting. It's like Picasso. Mm. We don't know how the masterpiece is going to come out, but when it's done, it's going to be beautiful. If you put all of that out there, painted it. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, I love that because to me, it's yeah. It, it feels like it's this. Uh, it's a movie we're living in. Our lives are a a, a beautiful play. It has. It's going to have its sad scenes and its happy scenes. But uh, I'm in this because I'm going to the end. I want to know how this thing ends up, and I'm going to do my best. To make it have the ending that I want it to have, which means I have to be present and be proactive, go for opportunities in life. You mentioned the they. I remember when I I come from a family that, as I grew up, they there was a lot of well, what will they say? You know, whatever you know. And I I would eventually I pushed back and I as a grown up and I said, you know, I got to talk about this they, because last time I checked, they did not pay my mortgage. Last time I checked, they did not pay my student loan bills this elusive they and I just was like going I I had enough of they (laughs) and uh, I haven't heard about they in a while (laughs) now in the house because I had to shut they down because it's true and we do and then you added the social media component which is that blue check mark I mean and then so much of what we see on social media is facade and people are creating an existence that doesn't exist that's not real and we're trying to emulate that so it's just a mess Mm -hmm. across the board Mm -hmm. really
1: you just did something so good of an example of boundaries by saying like, who are they? And they don't pay my mortgage. And you made it very clear by setting a boundary that I'm not going to pay attention to the day so that they started chattering. They stopped chattering and you got to keep yeah, living absolutely. because you put the boundary yeah. in place.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, I think societally we've always done that. I think uh, women especially have, I just did a wonderful women's, women's history month broadcast last Beautiful. night live with an author yeah, it was a wonderful young author named Elizabeth, assist and she has a book called Hysterical. And it talked about the history well, – What we talked about the history of women being told throughout centuries that they're hysterical. But it really was just them not adhering to the social norms, not being subservient to men. Women formed opinions. They had things to say, and they were actually – because of that, men could actually put them in insane, insane asylums because they were pushing back against what was – considered normal for women. So it's a really dark, strange history for women. But, you know, I think today that's why women also, I think, so greatly have to deal with the, what are people thinking of me? I'm not using my voice. And so it's just, it's, it's a multi-tiered issue. Yeah. So I was wondering also when it comes to, you know, when you particularly in the sports world, I mean, was that sort of like accidental you fell into the sports world initially or are you a sports, were you a sports girl? You're like, that's the area I'm going to go into my my practice.
1: Oh, I love this question because just like I said, the book came to me. So did sports come to me. And I really believe in life. You'll attract the things that are meant for you by standing in what you are gifted in and called in and, and doing well in you don't have to force it. So I grew up very much in sports. I mean, my father, we would we watched every football game under the sun and the New York Giants we were in the East Coast. We would rewatch film. He taped it. We'd rewatch it on Wednesdays. I mean, this is the household I was in. And he would break down film and then we would cut out like articles of basketball and break down the stats and things oh, wow. like that. My we I played sports, but the but my point was I never Said, Oh, I'm going to be a therapist in sports. I'm going to be a mental skills coach for athletes and even in leadership. What happened was after building my craft, helping people in the hospital, traumatic brain injury, stroke, spinal cord, helping them all on their mindset, neuro. I then went back to school for business, ran businesses, but I was all leadership is all how you help motivate people, move them forward to a vision. So in 2008, when I started my own practice, I left. Everything I knew, so to speak, in traditional sense, but I was still doing what I know. And I started speaking for free and talking on mindset in 2008. Now, let me explain. People were not talking about mental health, mental skills, mindset, the mental edge in 2008 at all. But there was a recession and people were giving up and I was going, hold on. Mm, yeah. Just because you lost your job or got laid off or the market took a tank on your money doesn't mean that life is over. It's just in your perspective. And it really was a calling at that point that I was like, I have got to go help people. My family's like, wait a minute, you're going to leave a very lucrative career to start a business in the middle of recession? I said, yep. (laughs) And I was like, because I have to help people. I mean, I wanted to do it in a way. It was like Elon Musk saying, we're going to have self-driving cars back then. And right. I was like, if you <laughs> right, shipped- yeah, yeah, sure. if you shift your mindset and you start working on mental fitness and you start working on the, how you show up your EQ in a different way, life is going to get better. And what happened is over time, it started attracting the people that are in honestly an optimizing mindset that want to keep getting better. And that's what brought athletes to my world and mm. then teams and then owners of teams would call and agents and Same in business, CEOs, founders of companies, they were like, the good to great are the people that want to keep growing. And they say, Hey, we all know we need coaching in this world. We all need, we we need that person that's going to do what we can't necessarily do ourselves to sometimes give us clarity and help us see the way. And that's what happened. The greats or the people that wanted to get better were going, I know I could be better. Something here is limiting me or I got to find that that's going to get me to that next level. Will you help me? Mm,
0: Yeah. Well, we're really here. We're really big on the, the growth mindset is what we, how we address that because it means that you're accepting that you are never done learning Yes. and as great as you think you are, you can always be greater and do more. And so I think that's the place where people don't really allow themselves to go because I think we get complacent when we think, okay, well, I've done enough. This is good enough. And for some it might be, that's fine. But I think, right. But other people are like, no, I think there's more for me. And they sort of need someone to help them to ignite that thing. One of your other talking points that's tied to discovering your why. Oh, power, definitely. Right. Yeah. Because the story you just shared was like, I'm not really going out of my way to, to try to do something that I don't know or conquer something that I have no credential information, right? No credentials in or inclination for, I'm going to really focus on what I know and be the best at that. And then the rest will come.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: That's how I yes, took that.
1: Absolutely. And here's the thing. When you are driven by your why, by why you get up every day. And, and here, I want to explain that when you look at Write down, if you're listening to this, you know, write down your gifts and talents. Write the things that you are so, it just comes natural or that you know other people are going, this is what you're really good at. Write this all down. This is your scouting card. This is what I call your confidence card in the book. That's your fundamental hardwiring. When you look at that and you say, okay, where in the world does this, who needs this gift? Let me go out there. Let me keep working on this craft and then it's gonna draw it's going to attract the people that need this it's like creating a product that people need you're the product just keep working on that skill and people are gonna go oh you are the solution to my challenge I need that I need you and you will start living more in your flow it's your why it's why you get up and you start to realize we didn't come to this world to just become gluttonous to have everything all the time <laughs> right, for right, us right like no that's we literally didn't come here to If you are blessed, it's not about things. If you're blessed with things, wonderful, but that's not your purpose. Your purpose Mm -hmm. is to take the gift you have and share it with the world. People need you. They need what you have. So when you start waking up to that, you're like, I have a reason to be here.
0: Yeah. I love that because it does make you remember Like, it's not about just yourself. Yeah this experience is not just wow. about you and on that same note I tell people who are really having these long bouts of what we would say bad luck is that you know you weren't put here either to just have a miserable time things will pass you'll get through it you know and and that's why I love another one of the things you talk you, you discuss is um creating your perfect comeback environment yes. or the the comeback environment which when I hear that it makes me think of first thing I thought of was it, and that may mean sometimes eliminating People, negative things. So share what you're, share what sure. you mean by that. I get,
1: yes, exactly. Because listen, <laughs> your environment is the space, the place, the people, the thoughts around you. It's all sensory, by the way. So it's smells, tastes, touch, the things you listen to. We're experiential beings. Well, if I just said we're experiential beings and your senses, One of them is sound, okay? If the people around you are negative and chatter and pulling you down, you have to eliminate that out of your environment because it is literally pulling you down rather than propelling you Mm -hmm. forward. So to a comeback has to be where everything around you is ready to propel you forward. I don't care if you're in a small space, like right now I'm looking around my office, there's books, there's quotes, there's, it doesn't matter how small or big, But does it inspire you? Do the people around you inspire you? Are they wanting the best for you? This goes for your thoughts. Are your thoughts the way you think? And that gets affected by the people around you, the things you're listening Mm -hmm. to, like listening to Motivational Mondays. It's going to be part, I hope it's part of your comeback environment because what you listen to also propels you forward or pulls you back. So start taking inventory. List the people that you're on a day-to-day basis around you and start saying like, is this someone I need to eliminate? And that doesn't, listen, this is nothing to do with hate. This is saying you are trying to be the best version of yourself and you have to stay healthy. That's your mental health. If someone is toxic for you, you love them from a distance, but they don't have to be in your everyday space. That's proper boundaries. That's not being mean. That is taking, honestly, healthcare precaution.
0: No, it's very true. No, it's so true. And uh, I mean, I think that's a great point. Like, you know, just because you say someone, you don't want someone in your life, like, predominantly all the time doesn't mean that you have to be mean to them or, you know, just just a little separation because they're, they're feeding you negativity and it's impacting you in a negative way. Yes.
1: Yes. And so Mm, one more thing about environment, what we see. So again, the sense of what we see, well, social media. Let, you know, obviously algorithms pick up what you keep looking at. Your explore page really is a determination of what you keep looking at because it's feeding it to you. So look at things that are fulfilling. So use social for good. We all know people are going to be on it. Look at people, look at things that are inspiring, that help fuel your mind, that help you propel forward so that when you're on it, it's working for you, not against you. If something Mm -hmm. is not serving you well that you're looking at, honestly, hide it. Hit that little thing and go, hide. Hide this account (laughs) so that it it doesn't tempt you. It doesn't – literally, you have to be in control of your environment. You can't control everything, but you could sure sugar, control your environment around you. And I take responsibility of that because it's going – you will start waking up feeling better because you're starting to put boundaries around your environment and everything around it is fueling you. It's like literally a source mm. giving you exactly what you need. You have to start with controlling it.
0: Okay. Coach Dar, let me just tell you, I so needed to hear that because I have this, I'm very politically vocal and I'm always constructive in my debates and try to be factual, you know, but Twitter, for example, can be a place that can get a little, a little nutty. And um, it didn't even occur, t- it, well, I know how algorithms work, but it didn't even occur to me until maybe like six months ago when I f- really physically understood that it was feeding me everything that I don't like because I respond to all the things I don't like, but you know, I have something to say about all the things I don't like, whether it be political or social. And then it dawned on me that the side that said suggested accounts for you to follow <laughs> were all the people that I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, this entire time, like when the light went off, I said, oh my gosh, this whole time I've been manipulated
1: yes.
0: to just sit there and fight and argue. And it really is something that I, I just became really conscious of. So I love that you said that because I'm, I'm grappling like, do I want to just like get rid of social media accounts, some of them because of that very thing and reclaim my time, you know?
1: Remember, it wasn't intended this way, but it's grown to this way that they truly want you to stay in that that mindset where you're you're it just addictively want to respond. It's yeah, it's like yeah. someone who knows exactly how to push your buttons and trigger you. That's what it does <laughs> right,
0: right. Yeah. and I'm going to them yeah, to do it. Like, it's the most psychotic. We thing. got him.
1: We got him. He's back. And <laughs> yeah. so your user time goes up. It benefits the the more feedback. So. That's why this yeah. is so good because it's such a revelation. I hope a lot of people are getting. Use it to fuel you, not hurt you. And it's like a drug. You have to be careful of this substance. So yeah, if yep. you need to get rid of it for a little bit and do a detox, do it. Do it. Let it fuel you. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm.
0: Wonderful words of wisdom from Coach Dar. And thank you so much. I feel like I can go and, like run a marathon now after talking to you. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? No, it's wonderful. It's a great conversation. And I feel it's an energizing conversation because it, it gives me and hopefully people watching optimism. So thank you so much for being here today with us on Motivational Mondays. We really appreciate it.
1: I'm honored you have me on. So thank you.